It's the Urban Parlay with your host, Sandra DuBose. Vibe with the tribe that'll take your stress away. Right here on the Urban Parlay. Bonjour, and welcome to the Urban Parlay podcast with your host, Sandra DeBose. Listen, I don't know what your relationship status is, and it really doesn't matter because I have someone today that's going to help you get your relationship right. He wrote the book on the rules. It's called Relationship Rules. I have with us today Dr. Eddie Connor Jr., and let me tell you some of the details about this man. We just Buckle up, get your pen and get your paper and get ready to take some notes because this man is chock full of wisdom and he just be dropping gems. I mean, stuff you just want to put on your little sticky note, put it on your mirror so you won't forget. I'm telling you now before he get to talking, I don't want you to miss anything. But let me give you a little background about our guest today. Dr. Eddie Connor, he is empowering people to overcome obstacles and walk in their unique purpose. Uh, that's his real life message. And he is a survivor of stage four cancer. And we'll talk a little bit about that experience as well, but a walking miracle. Won't he do it? Yes, he will. Yes, he will. Um, he's an international speaker, college professor, conference host of Vision Summit. He's a founder of Relationship Academy. So not only did he write the book Relationship Rules, he has a whole academy so that you can join and you can get all of the juicy details on how you can have a wonderful and healthy relationship because I'm trying to tell you, we need some help in that department, okay? Uh, he facilitates master classes on how to build healthy relationships. Um, he serves as the president of the National Entrepreneurs Associate Association of Michigan, excuse me. He's the author of 12 best-selling books, okay? So he is just so full of wisdom. He just be turning them out, okay? He just wake up, drop a book, drop a book. That's just how he do. I don't know how, but he just does it, okay? So he's got 12 best-selling books. Um, he's been featured on BET, CBS, Ebony, the whole nine yards, um, PBS, the Steve Harvey show. His accolades just go down the list. One of my favorites is that he's been a guest on the Potter's House. Now, you know, I love me some T.D. Jakes, okay? So he's had the opportunity to be a guest on the Potter's Touch and an empowerment speaker at Bishop T.D. Jakes Megafest. He's done amazing things. He's top 35 millennial influencers in America, um, listed in top 100 in Who's Who in Black Detroit, named to Michigan Chronicles, top 40 under 40, and not only that, my man, President, former President Barack Obama, he received, he's the recipient of the President Barack Obama Volunteer Service Award and the President Barack Obama Lifetime Achievement Award. Have I said enough? I could go on all day, but that's not what we're here to just talk about the accolades. We want the man himself and he is here. And I'm so, so grateful for him taking time out of his busy schedule so that we can pick his brain and get to know more about him as an individual because he is truly an empowering, very inspiring and brilliant man. And I am just so honored that you thought it not robbery to spend just an hour with us here at the Urban Parlay podcast. So Dr. Eddie Connor Jr., welcome to the Urban Parlay. Thank you so much. <laughs> Appreciate such a raving introduction, Mr. <laughs> Bose. Appreciate you. 
I need to uh, bottle you up and take it on my speaking engagements. Have you introduce me? You know what? <laughs> Here's the deal. The truth is, um, I only invite people onto the parlay podcast that I really, really admire. And so when I talk about someone, I introduce them. It is coming from my heart. I am sincere. I'm excited about you. I've been following you on Instagram. Um, I had the opportunity to be a part of one of the webinars you were speaking on. I've purchased two of your books. I'm listening now to Relationship Rules. And I am seriously a super fan. I think that you are really amazing. And I mean that. (laughs) I really do. I really do. I'm humbled by that. You didn't come to play with the parlay. No, I did not. I did not. I only bring the real people here on the Urban Parlay podcast to have real, yeah, real conversations. So let's get started. Let's get started. So where I want to start with you, because like I said, I have listened to you um, and we'll talk about how other people can follow you on social media and, and, and get in on the good stuff. But one of the things that I really enjoy about the way that you present yourself is that you're so brilliant with your words, right? And so you like, I'm like, he must be a rapper. Did you used to be a rapper? Because all your, your words, you just rhyme, you know, your flow is sick. You know, he just be flowing with it. So that's that's my first question. Are you a secret rapper in disguise? Tell us what's really going on with the rhymes, brother. What's up? That is funny. Um, <laughs> from what I, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't try to, to to have any type of poetic rhythmic flow. Really, I just speak as I go. I don't know. From 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 me talking to people who knew me back in the day, they would always say, you know, I, I always had some type of rhythm or poetry or whatever to it. Um, I used to write poetry. Uh, to girls in school. Yeah, um, I read about uh, but that. I come from yeah, <laughs> right in one of my one of my books, Dear Queen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I come from a musical family. Yes, you know everybody plays, everybody sings. My my mom's first cousin is Prince. Okay, late great legend Derry Prince. So there you have it. It is. Uh, yeah, I, I I had some aspirations musically. Did you? But uh, yeah, back in the day. But you know, I was holding down a, <laughs> a, a eight to three uh, as a teacher, okay. and you know, I was was in the the early stages, and you know, you got to be really, really dedicated to those who got to be educated. So, oh yeah, uh, it, it didn't really work out. So, to a certain degree, I exercised my musical gift, I guess, in some way, shape, or form, uh, in my books. And then I also used to play uh, drums. I used to play violin in the Detroit Symphony Orchestra. So See. maybe that's part of it. Of course, that's definitely, <laughs> I heard, I hear all of that. When I listen to you speak, when I'm reading your books, just your writer's voice, I'm just like, this brother is dead serious. Like every word <laughs> just flows so beautifully. So have you written, I know you've written poetry, which is really similar yeah. to writing a song. Have you written any songs yourself? Do you sing? I can hold a note. I can hold a note. Uh, He's being shy, y'all. When somebody say, when somebody say, I can hold a note, you know he be his his shower game is on point. I know it. <laughs> right, 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 right. That's, oh, I'm, I'm, I have uh, Grammys. It's just singing the shower. But uh, you know, I, I had to be able to hold a note. My mother would have my brother and I around the piano. She'd be playing, and we would have to be in our particular. Yeah. Um, particular notes you know and we'd have to do it again unless we got it right and you know a lot of times I'm singing with attitude and just trying to hurry up and get the note you know, I did 
I did voice lessons. I did theory. I used to sing in the choir as a kid. So yeah, I, I can hold it down a little bit when necessary. Needed. There you go. There you go. It <laughs> makes sense. Cause I was just like, oh no, he's a whole artist. He's a singer. He's a writer. So, so do you have an intention to maybe write a song one day or, you know, since you already have that musical background, because, you know, right now you're a speaker and you're teacher, preacher, all these different things, but that's not all. I mean, do you have any aspiration to maybe one day, just because you can write a song, a beautiful album? Because I'm telling you, you could write some kind of love song and you could win that <laughs> Grammy outside of the shower. I promise you, you really could do it. A serious love song. Uh, well, you know, the beauty of what I've done and so many people I've met, you know, celebrities, so on and so forth. I've yeah. been in studios with many of them. Yeah. And uh, they've seen some of my books or just I've helped a little bit uh, a little bit in my in some studio sessions great and they're like man you should really think about writing honestly you know it should be about think about you know being a a writer some form of fashion industry you have to Uh, you know I don't know I don't know I don't know that's maybe you're unlocking something today I'm telling you I mean your audience (laughs) is asking for you it's like you know your people will tell you what they want from you what they see and so and and we I want to talk a little bit about that too because I know that you help people uncover their purpose right so but for me as a singer as an artist myself I was just like oh he is dripping in it he just can't get away from it so I was just like that would be so dope. I'd be the first person to buy that album because I know it would be absolutely amazing. Well, speaking of albums. Okay, go ahead. I'll just I'll just interject. Speaking of albums, yeah. to a certain degrees, you're talking about, you know, my audio book, Malaysia Bulls, yeah. and some other audio books. That is to a certain degree, it feels like an album to me. Yes, it does. You know, and, I'm, and my voice is the instrument. Agreed. So I absolutely yeah, agree. Yeah. Because Dear Queen, I'll tell you, as I was reading Dear Queen and Ladies, um, that is one, I mean, get all 12 of them, absolutely. But I started with Dear Queen. <laughs> um, it's only right. It's on, hello. I was like, oh, he's writing to me. Yes, sir. <laughs> so I said, let me start with Dear Queen. And I tell you, and I personally, I love audiobooks. So, because that's the way I can absolutely get it done, right? You can listen to it in the car, all that good stuff. And it felt like I looked forward to it every morning because it felt like an affirmation. It was like a mantra. All of the beautiful words that you were saying were just these beautiful reminders, your voice, the tone of it, all of it. And I was just, you know, it's one of those things that you just want to listen to it over and over again, because the way that you present it is just like, it's like your daily dose of your devotional. Just read a little bit of Dear Queen every day <laughs> to get your get your crown straight. You know, read Dear Queen just a little bit every day, and you'll be all right. You know, so yeah, most definitely. Wow, that's that, that's a, a humbling. Uh, that's some humbling feedback right there. Really appreciate that. It's it's absolutely yeah. the truth. So let's talk about your journey when we talk about purpose. And, you know, your gifts are obvious, right? As an orator, as a writer, all of that good stuff. I'm really curious about your spiritual journey. So you are a, are you a pastor? Are you a minister? What is your title in terms of in the church? Because I know you speak at churches a lot and I've heard you, you know, give sermons and be the guest speaker for a lot of things. But where are you on that journey? Yeah, I'm I'm an ordained minister. Um, and my journey, you know, probably was felt as if I was born on a pew. Mm. Um, <laughs> my mother had me and 
prior to my dad and my mother's divorce, uh, she had us in, in church all the time. Okay. More than I wanted to go at times. You know, I wanted to be a kid and I can relate. <laughs> yeah. Shoot hoops and, and and play video games, whatever the case may be. Right. But um that was the formative part. And I grew up in Kingston, Jamaica for part of my life. Uh, my uh, parents were missionaries to the island okay. and you know we we were doing ministry there you know a lot of times when you think about jesus ministry 92 percent of his ministry was outside the church walls that's right so many times especially pre-covid 19 mm-hmm. ministry for the church in general black white or otherwise 92 mm-hmm. percent of our ministry was inside the four walls yes it was so doing the <laughs> <laughs> yes. doing the ministry outside ministry without walls i was kind of used to that and that became uh to a certain degree uh a passion that i developed for people you know mm. people's feet were their shoes i mean people weren't necessarily uh living in a third world country like jamaica yeah um so many individuals weren't as blessed as we are from the states right and thankfully food grows on the trees the mangoes and things <laughs> of that nature yeah um um, but the 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 resiliency and the beauty of uh, my brothers and sisters in Jamaica is just a sight to behold, much less the beaches. Yes. But um, it's not always resort life for many people. Mm-hmm. And so having a you know a desire to see people grow and and uh, become their best selves. Yeah. You know, I think that became the the genesis of my journey, and it was it was it was spiritual mm-hmm. uh, as well, developing my faith in God and. I really had to hone in on that when I was diagnosed with uh, stage four cancer at the age of 15. Yeah, please talk a little bit about that experience. So was cancer something that ran in your family or, you know, kind of what what was that whole thing like for you? Yeah, it was uh, very scary. I knew my, uh, on my dad's side, his uh, sister, my aunt, um, passed away from cancer. Mm-hmm. And uh, now that I think about it, actually her son as well. Really? Uh, just about the age of 12 or 13 passed away. No way. Um, one of my my best friend that I've, I've ever had, uh, my uh, best friend Henry, he passed away from cancer at the age of seven. I'm sorry. Uh, leukemia that was. Yeah. And uh, I would say, uh, yeah, I find myself battling that that form of cancer, different form of cancer, not high cell lymphoma at the age of 15, uh, eight years after his passing. Yeah. And so um, in school, my sophomore year, then having to be, you know, ejected from school, I'm losing my hair. And prior to that, I was having chest pains and oftentimes vulnerability and masculinity cannot coexist in the same space. Oftentimes vulnerability is seen as femininity. Mm. Where can a boy, much less a man, talk about the pain that he's feeling? Mm-hmm. So many times pain is seen as weakness leaving the body. I didn't want to talk to anybody about the pain I was dealing with. Really? You know, you got to be a boy. You got to be a strong boy. You got to be got to be a man at the age of 15. Yeah. And my parents are divorced at that time. And uh, my father was, was no not in my life at all. So okay. uh, never visited me one day in the hospital with that. And so you're just unpacking so many different variables, and so many variegated things in life. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I find myself self in the hospital trying to breathe. Mm. Can't breathe. 
And the doctors find that there was a mass growing in my chest, around my heart, my trachea, my esophagus, my voice box. And it's interesting. I use my voice yeah. <laughs> to make a living. Right. And that's where the tumor was growing. Um, and so uh, they removed the tumor. And, you know, he says, I- I've, I'm like, all right, let me get back to life. He said, no, 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 no. We got some things we got to do and deal with. Make sure this doesn't come back. Okay. And uh, he tells me, don't ask why. I'm like, that's how are you going to tell me what not to ask? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, right. When I'm already know I'm a, a, a pariah in America's eyes because I got black skin. Mm-hmm. Now I'm fighting to live. Yeah. So um, chemotherapy, radiation, five days a week, lose all my hair. And, you know, coming out of a quarantine, I got more hair in my head than I probably ever thought I would. <laughs> um, I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the the, the people I thought would be with me gone yeah um just you know a lot of people forsake you in your time of of being in the valley and so Mm -hmm. it was a time to really hone in on my faith in God and and really more than anything my mother fought for me to live because I was ready to go were you You her love yeah 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 I was ready to give up I was I was there were some times in in the journey you know when you're you're sick pretty much all the time it's, it's not a good feeling when sure. you're seeing your your body uh you know kind of just make the change and you're on all these medications and you're getting chemo and radiation poison pumped to your body and yeah you know you just can't even be a kid like everybody else right and uh it it, it took me to the edge of my mind but my mother told me, you know, Psalm 1817 says, you shall not die but live in the glory of the works of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so having to find the can in cancer, you know, um, understanding that God may allow you to go through it, but he can bring you through it to where you come out better than what you went in. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, find the can of cancer and, and, and understanding that you're not just a conqueror, but you're more than a conqueror. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that you can live on purpose with a purpose and live through dying places. Ooh, live through dying places. Yeah, yeah. So talk about your purpose. At what point getting past that experience and healing, did you finally say, this is my purpose? When did you know? Because I think that a lot of people struggle with knowing what their purpose is. When you say purpose, that can be confusing because it's like, well, I'm good at cooking. Is that my purpose? I, I can sing a little bit. Is that my purpose? Like, how do you know what your purpose is as opposed to something that's a skill that you're just gifted in? How do you know? It's a great question. You know, I believe a job is what you pay for. Your purpose is what you're made for. Mm-hmm. And I think your purpose begins with a why. You know, we know what we want, when we want it, how we want to receive it, yeah. where we want to receive it at. But a lot of times we don't know the why. And I think one of the things is as you do find certain things that you're gifted at, because many of many of us were, were gifted in more things than just one. Indeed. Um, you know, everybody's a red box, a gold bowl. We're a gift to the world. The tragedy is to be gifted, but to never open the package. Amen to that. And so looking at the gifts that you do have and discovering to a certain degree what comes easy, what comes natural. Okay. And the thing is, it's it's not that working your gift won't be hard. It's just not as difficult as doing something that you don't desire to do. And I think the purpose of what you have and the purpose of who you are and what you want to do connects to your passion. It's a desire for you. 
it's it, it's a drive. It, it motivates you, it encourages you. You find it to be a place of, of uh, serenity. Mm. Uh, you find it to be a place of enjoyment to be able to exercise who it is that you are. Yeah. Because uh, a lot of us can be in a job for many, many years and it, we don't get to a place of fulfillment because we know in the back of mind there's a business in us. Yes. There's a book in us. Right. There's a, a, a depth of a musical gift. There's something else that's on the inside of us that will never feel fulfilled mm-hmm. until we, as Dr. Miles Monroe said, die empty. Die empty. That's uh, right. The richest place on the planet is not Bill Gates' house, Oprah Winfrey's house, uh, Elon Musk's house. It is the local cemetery. That's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> it's the cemetery. So being able to 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 discover that gift, unearth it. Yeah. And sometimes you got to sift through a lot of junk to find that jewel. Okay. But it's worth the discovery. Hmm. When did you absolutely know for you? This is my purpose. This is it. And what is what is your purpose? I think my purpose is to encourage people and empower people to overcome obstacles okay. in their life, whatever that obstacle particularly may be, mm-hmm. to really, uh, as I said before, live through particular dying places. Yeah. Um, I, for me, I remember the doctor told me, told me and my mom, he said, hey, you know, take Eddie to uh, some vacation island, whatever the case may be in. Mm-hmm. I hadn't been back to Jamaica in, in years since I was probably about five or six years of age. Wow. And um, about 15, 16 at this time. And the doctor says, uh, yeah, take Eddie someplace. We're going to we're just going to take a little cessation on his uh, chemotherapy okay. and see after he comes back if we need to resume in about a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. So my mom takes me to Jamaica, you know, feels like home all the time. As I'm yeah. very, very well uh, fond of the island and people know me there and I know them. I'm sorry, I don't hear your accent, so I, I'm not really sure <laughs> that you are from Jamaica. Yeah, Yo, are you there? Let me hear you. What? What is it? Wagwan. Oh, Wagwan. Okay. <laughs> Must be a real talk, man. All right, there he is. You still got little drop Jamaican <laughs> accent, man. Uh, there you go. You Every- used to get real, I, no, I'd get teased real bad when Did I you? came back from Jamaica. Uh, yeah, I was a kid and. You know, you you just absorb the culture so quickly. Yeah, I had a, a a thick Jamaican accent as a kid, and the, the kids teased me out of it. So I just needed to know everything was still iry. I was like, I don't believe him. <laughs> <laughs> Jamaica, no problem. Jamaica land, we love. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you good? You certified? You certified? <laughs> <laughs> I'm the fake one. I'm the fake one, though. <laughs> now, yeah, now you got a little island in you. You got a little island in you. Somewhere in there. I'm from New York, and I'm an actor, so I just kind of I thought ab- so. absorb all of these different dialects that just kind of, all of these different people yeah. that I just love to become, and I just love the Jamaican dialect, you know, Patois, and, you know, I have so many friends that I just oh, pick yeah. it up and run with it, so, but I love that. I love the accent. I love the culture, all of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I could hear a little New York flavor in you. New York, New York. That's what's up. That's what's up. <laughs> Brooklyn stand up. Uh, <laughs> so you were talking about purpose. Right. Yeah. So the doctor said, hey, take Eddie over to Jamaica or yeah. wherever he wants to go mm-hmm. on some vacation. And uh, as I was there, the the pastor knew. I mean, I, you know, my, my hair was gone this time. It was probably about uh, I was on some medications. So I was on probably about 150 pounds bigger than what I am now. Really? Um, 
just yeah 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 i was yeah. just not in a great state yeah physically and emotionally i get it and um one of the pastors there who knew me since i was you know knee high to a duck since i was a kid he said <laughs> eddie i want you to uh uh, on this particular Sunday, I want you to uh, give a sermon. Uh, I'm like, what? Give a sermon? Really? Yeah, I never gave no sermon before. Why would I, why would I want to give a sermon? Right. And um, as I'm preparing the, the message, um, I remember the, the title of the message, I'll never forget, it's called Destined to Overcome the Odds. And to a certain degree, I was really preaching out of my own pain. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm printing out the, the message and as I'm preparing the message, I had enough ink in the printer, but it all printed out in red. Mm. Still to this day, I'm like, how in the world is it printed out in red? And I got enough ink as the new printer cartridge in there. Yeah. And it just kind of symbolized that, the, the, you know, the blood was covering my situation. My God, that's and, a good one. Uh, God had my back. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And uh, it, it was going to be all good. And so I do the message and, and the people receive very, very well. And it just felt you know, in the midst of the nerves that I did have, mm -hmm. I felt at ease. I felt that this was something that just came natural to me. Yeah. And um, I mean, those people prayed for me and I believe it was the prayers, as the Bible said, the prayers of righteousness availed much. Mm -hmm. And it was the prayers of those people who actually brought me through that specific uh, place in my life. But purpose, a lot of times is discovered in pain. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it seems so painful Yes. The thing that seems so painful can become the thing that's most purposeful. Indeed. Indeed. And that's my that's my testimony. So I totally understand that 100 percent. So let's let's talk about because you are the relationship guru. <laughs> I, I called you that. I called you that. You know why? You know why? I'm, you know why I'm saying that? Because, and I just have to. I have to apologize first of all, because I don't have any cool bells and whistles like you have. I ain't got no. Oh, oh man, it. I don't got no sound effects. I got nothing, bro. I got. I just got me. That's all I got. When you tune into Dr. Eddie on his Instagram, he does a Instagram live um uh, was it monday and wednesday nights you do that right wednesday and friday nights. wednesday yeah. and friday nights okay yep 9 p.m he's so cool i got nothing i got a bookshelf and a picture of my kids i got nothing but <laughs> you got more books on your shelf than i do i just got this one here <laughs> that's all you need relationship rules that's all you need so uh, but when we're talking about relationships so you like several men that i i uh, I would say ministers like a TD Jakes, who I feel has a ministry for women. That's just my opinion. I'm mm, not saying mm, you said that, mm, but there's mm. something very powerful about a man who has the ability to speak to the hearts of women and to, to mm. call women into their own greatness. Not to say that you don't do the same thing for men, but it's a very specific sound that women could hear you. So when I see you and the way you wow. carry yourself and the way that you speak to my heart, you are very much a king. You carry yourself in a very royal, in a very dignified way. You're very woke, you're very awake. You know, you like you get it on a whole nother level. You vibrate on a very high level, which makes you stand out as you should, you know? And it's almost like, 
wow, can we clone Dr. Eddie? Because I don't see a whole lot of that going on. <laughs> you got, you know, that's the one we need to clone, you know, men that are talking about the, the things that you're talking about. Because, you know, we see so much, especially in the world of social media, you know, men like, you know, Kevin Samuel, no disrespect. Everybody's got their, you know what I'm saying? You got Derek Jackson. You have so many people that are, you know, taking this position to not not always speaking life to women. You know what I'm saying? And so I guess my 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 biggest question was how did you how did you become this relationship? How did that become like your niche conversation of not not to say that's all you talk about, but right now you're focusing on like relationships and stuff like that. What is it that you've been through? Who was your model? How did you know? Because uh, I mean, I'm older than you. I'm 47 years old. So, you know, I kind of look at you like I'm, I'm like the big sister. You know what I'm saying? But I'm like, he's so young. <laughs> How does he know all of these things? Like this old man who has this level of wisdom and the depth of what you're talking about so wise. How did you know? Where did you see it? Especially, honestly, you know, you said your parents had divorced when you were younger. How did you know so much about relationships? Whew, lots unpacked there. Um, no, I, I will say for me, I was always the kid who didn't always want to hang around kids. I wanted to hang around the older group. And a lot of times- uh, I could tell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a kind of got an old soul to You do, degree. you really um, do. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, they would catch me Older people with older uh, parents and stuff. The parents would catch me, you know, I'm over the house or whatever the case may be, not hanging with the kids. They catch me having my ear up to the door or listening, and they're like, "What you doing, spying and 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 prying and you know, being nosy with our business? Go and play with the kids." And uh, wow, I was all I was just absorbing, you know, yeah. I was absorbing. I was just, you know, it was just the intrigue of 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 life. I guess the anthropologist in me, to a certain degree. Okay. You know, kind of just absorbing human behavior and the psychology. I, I actually wanted to major in psychology in, in college. I had a bad professor and it just kind of veered me off away from that, but mm. kind of went into it to a certain degree when I was teaching in school education Okay. as a high school teacher, just, just kind of just managing different personalities and psychology behind that. And I just happened just to take a chance at just writing a book on relationships called Heal Your Heart. Okay. Uh, how to um, really focusing on how to how to heal from broken relationships and the relationship that I really focused on repairing was uh, the one with my father, which was which was broken because I had a lot of bitterness. Yeah. About him not being there. Sure. And uh, uh, I actually had to forgive him before he ever gave me an apology. Yeah. And I said, if I could be amicable and and. And not walk in a place of bitterness, but get better from the bitter situation. Mm-hmm. Surely I could empower anybody else to find reconciliation in their relationship, much less reconciliation internally. Okay. And um, it that really just took me on the place. And uh, before I ever wrote a book to women, I wrote one to men called My Brother's Keeper. Really? And yeah, yeah. And um I said, hey, you know what, let me just let me just step out of my comfort zone, because at that time, everybody just knew me as the guy who overcame cancer, speaking in churches and then also just motivational messages overall. 
And I said, yeah, overall, mm-hmm, right. And mm-hmm. so um, I knew that there was more to me than just that. Now there was some other parts that I wanted to talk about. Okay. Uh, and I, I felt as if I could, whether people wanted to hear from me or not, I needed to get it off my chest. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Somebody will like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. And uh, I just began to just share, you know, through social media and just my writing. And I just share it more, 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 more. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Dear Queen, I didn't know that was going to be a trilogy that turned into a woman, that turned into wife. And I, I said, let me, uh, then I went to uh, talking about vision. I wrote a book about race relations. America can't breathe. Red, white, blue, black lives. I'm asking Mary's in America. Yeah. And then I said, let me just come back around full circle, talk about relationship rules. And I didn't want to do it from the place of just telling women what to do. Yeah. Um, because oftentimes the rhetoric on relationships is so skewed. Mm-hmm. This is what women need to do. This I need to dress. This I need to talk. This I need to speak. And even religiously, mm-hmm. we always talk about Proverbs 31, who can find a virtuous woman. Yes. But where's the scripture for men? Here it is. Proverbs chapter 20, verse six. Who can find a faithful man? Mm. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I'm more English than math, but 20 comes before 31. Yes, indeed. So the question who can find was asked to brothers mm-hmm. before it was to women. Nice. Who can find a faithful man? Can you be faithful in your character? Can you be faithful in your calling? Can you be faithful in your commitment? Can you be faithful as a father? Right. Can you be faithful in various assets and aspects of life? Can you be faithful in your relationship with God? Because if you can't do that. It doesn't matter about the other aspects and parts. Come on. Sisters want men to be faithful. Brothers want sisters to be virtuous. And here we are in the throes of relationships where one in four black women are slated to be married. One in uh, uh, 25% of millennials uh, 25 to 30% of millennials, there is no need for marriage. They would rather cohabit than say I do to anybody else. Yeah. So uh, just dealing with this whole aspect of relationships. And I, I said, let me just talk about three areas, how to win at love, leadership, and leveraging your purpose. And it has really hit hard and it's hit home to a lot of individuals, not just our sisters, sure, but also brothers are reading it too. Absolutely. So talk about, you know, you've built a whole, not just the book, but you have the academy. Right. So talk about the academy and what people are experiencing and who's the ideal client. You know, it's like, that's the thing that's really hard mm-hmm. for us as speakers, right? And we've come out with these different products and opportunities for training, et cetera. And the marketplace is so crowded is so much noise going on everybody's the guru of something you know and whether they <laughs> whether they are or not you know they just kind of it just makes it really difficult to you know for your audience to hear you when there's so much noise so who is your ideal client and what can they expect to get out of the academy yeah you know uh, I, I would say really uh, the ideal client is our individuals who uh, desire to strengthen their relationships. They want to really grow in personal development, mm-hmm. but also they want to prepare for their purpose partner. I really believe that, and when I'm talking about all that, we have married couples, we have married uh, people mm-hmm. who are in our academy as well, uh, when really it was the whole desire of preparation for a spouse in their house. I say you can't expect a purpose partner if you have not first partnered with your purpose. Finding a way to say I do to you, yes. but also healing. And and it's the individuals who desire healing because you, you can't force healing on anybody. Right. You have to have a desire to make the change. Yeah. 
And a lot of times we go into relationships, they don't work out. We'd always want to point the blame at somebody else. This is what they did, this, so on and so forth. Sometimes the relationship is a mere reflection of who you are. Mm-hmm. You don't attract what you want. You attract who, who you, you are. are. And until you begin to heal mm-hmm. from the vestiges and the brokenness of your past, you'll attract that, but you'll also bleed on people who didn't even cut you. Come on now. That part, that <laughs> part. Okay. All right. All right. I have to, I have to ask yeah. this question. So are you in a relationship? Have you had your heart broken? Is this coming from a personal experience for you? Or are you, you know, kind of sitting back, observing, learning, studying the word, and then teaching from that perspective? Or where are you in your own personal life? That is the question we want to know, Dr. Eddie. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm I'm preparing for my purpose partner. And in that aspect of being a, an, an unmarried man okay. who, you know, desires to build a, a, a legacy, to build a family, to build a nation. Yeah. Uh, I know that it will come to fruition. Um, and, and, you know, as I'm teaching, yes, I'm thinking about things that may not have worked out in the past or things that I have could have done better. Sure. That uh, I had to go on the healing trajectory of my own. I don't think mm-hmm. you can really uh, give the prescription if you haven't first taken the medicine. Right. And, uh, <laughs> right. Sometimes we find ourselves leading while bleeding. Yes. Instead of, uh, finding a way to allow God to patch up our wounds and spending the time, uh, isolated, um, because there is no elevation without isolation there's no revelation without isolation <sighs> taking the time to be alone but understand you can be alone and not lonely, lonely. yeah uh, you got to be able to enjoy your own company before you expect somebody else to and in that now there's a, a level of growth yeah because you're not nobody can complete you only right. god does only that god can absolutely and so uh yeah yeah and so it, it, it it's it's a remarkable journey the one question that I always ask, and I'm when I'm listening to your books, I'm listening to you talk, and you always, and actually, actually, the first time that I saw you, you were on a webinar, you were one of the of the guests on a webinar, and I asked you a question, um, and I was talking about my singleness as a divorced woman, and I, and and because you had you had your parables, I like to call them, <laughs> you. Said, you said all this, you said all this good stuff. And you was like, uh, you know, you don't mind. Uh, what did you say? Um, you don't mind eating alone when you know what you bring to the table. That's what you said. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I know what you bring to the table. That's right. And so my question was, okay, so I know what I bring to the table. How long I need to eat alone? Like, how long we gonna do? <laughs> you know, when we're talking about, you know, the reality yeah, yeah. of there's so many more women as opposed to men, and then we talk about, you know, who's eligible, who's a good fit, all of these different things that for women, mm-hmm. um, you know, we are dealing. I feel like with a real epidemic, you know, in terms of the inability mm-hmm. to really find suitable partners. And so, your advice to me was that I first need to partner with my purpose. 
and that God would send me a purpose partner, right? And and that's what I've been doing, you know, and it's, it was good advice. It's the right thing. And it's for everybody, right? We all need to be focused on, a lot of times we think being in a relationship is the be all the end all. Like that's going to complete your life in mm-hmm. all of that. But there's so much as an individual of work that we need to do on ourselves right. and, learn, and le- learn, like you said, how to be alone, how to enjoy and focus on the other aspects of why God created us to begin with. And so when we talk about the purpose partner, do you believe that everybody will find their purpose partner? You know, yeah, I've partnered with my purpose, Dr. Eddie. So where's my partner at? Is he definitely coming? Am I doing something wrong if he doesn't? Like, what of that? Right. I think there are a lot of variables to that. Uh, Of course, when you think about how many women there are to men, you know, uh, mathematically, you could say, I don't know if it looks like that's going to be. Right. Um, But I believe in the midst of all of that, God can have someone specifically uniquely designed for you. Okay. And uh, one of the things that I I think is we have to look at what our standards are, Mm. what are uh, the blockades to us receiving, quote unquote, the blessing that we have. Mm -hmm. Also, so many times we we want from somebody a lot of times what we're not prepared to receive much less handle Mm. i I asked something on my instagram live the other day uh, when we do our wednesdays and friday nights at 9 p.m on relationships and i asked are women overlooking a good man based upon salary uh, i'm not being a high earner yeah salary yeah um and you know, it is in a woman's, you know, nature to want security, things that the, that the other. But sometimes the, the man that God may have for you might not be necessarily six feet, six figures in a six pack. <laughs> sometimes all them sixes might leave you with a devil. Amen. And, and then, right. And then on that whole level as well, too many times we've said, you know, women should just be hidden in God. And, and that's true. Mm-hmm. But we've made that applicable to every area of her life. Yeah. Because scripture says he that findeth the wife findeth the good thing obtain the favor of the Lord. But you got to know that the converse of finding is not hiding. Mm. The converse of finding is presenting and position. Mm. You are. Uh, uh, I think a woman has to, she doesn't have to chase a man, but to a certain degree, she needs to be able to position herself. Okay. Present herself. Uh, and, you know, I, I, a lot of times when I'm doing these relationship conversations, I'm asking women, well, where do you go? Yeah. A lot of times they, they're not getting out of the house. How are you dressed when you go out of the house? Hmm. Are you going out as if it's girls trip and you expect a man to come up and approach you and all four of your girls? And now he's intimidated to a certain degree because, you know, the other women are sizing him up. Nah, girl, leave him alone. Sometimes they hate on her yeah. because she don't want they don't want her to have no man. Sure. So it's a, it's a lot of different variables yeah. that come into that place as well um but i think you know uh, a, a woman being in a place of presentation positioning are one of those keys to her being found by the right person oh. and then you know we, we're thinking we, we've got to see today as well uh what are the uh, variables of of what a man wants sometimes as, as men not so much that they don't want marriage but it is uh, when you have a lot of failed relationships or, or when people uh, feel that um, the person does not necessarily bring what they want to the table. 
Right. A lot of times there can be, you know, cold feet for that. And yeah. so uh, I think it's just a lot of variables that we have to look at and, and see where our standards are. Yeah. And then also exercise ourselves in that aspect of growing in a relationship with ourselves yeah. in order to grow with somebody else. Agree. Can you give us one thing? And I, I know like, you know, relationship rules is just chock full of wisdom, but could you share just one piece of it with our audience? What's one of the rules that you would want us to walk away with? Uh, the one of the rules is uh, don't follow your heart. <gasps> <laughs> don't follow your heart. That is that is the worst advice you could ever receive. Because the heart is deceitful. That is true. Okay, talk about that. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, following your heart is the worst advice you get. You know, people tell you to follow your heart as if it's social media. You know, they mm. tell you, oh, follow your dreams. Like, you know, follow your heart like you're following your dreams. Yeah. Your heart can take you where your mind can't keep you. Mm. Um, you know, a lot of times you can stay in a situation where you don't belong. You can be the right gift at the wrong address. Ooh. because you've specifically followed your heart, but your mind is telling you something different. Okay. Rather than following your heart, you got to follow the spirit of God. Amen. Because what God gives you, he gives you discernment. He gives you direction mm -hmm. to say, yeah, uh, she's fine, but she ain't mine. <laughs> you can spot a devil in a blue dress. You can right. spot, uh, uh, you know, whoever it is, wherever they are. Yeah. Because you have discernment. You, you're not a novice, you know, you're not, uh, you know, uh, green in regards to that because you've had certain experiences and we all have in our lives yeah. to where we know, I know what this movie looks like. I've seen the trailer before. Okay. <laughs> I know how it ends. Right. No need of me getting involved with people, different faces, but I'm still in the same, same places place. yes. because I have not healed and I am not allowing God to govern my heart. And I now question and I, I now ask him is this the right move for me mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so uh just because they're attractive doesn't mean you're compatible amen to that amen to that you gotta investigate it and gotta ask your questions yeah would you say that your message because you are a christian would you say that your message is for is it for the christian community only you know because a lot of people may find value but they're like oh well i'm not really into church or that whole thing, you know, I don't really read the Bible. You know, people are in different places with their spiritual walk. Who would you say your message is it for? Is it for the Christian walk? Who is it for? Yeah, I would say it's really at the totality of it. Yes, for Christians, because okay. that is the basis of my messaging. However, it's also for those individuals who want to just grow in general. And rather than, uh, you know, just uh, beating everybody over the head with the Bible, I think it's principles, mm -hmm. uh, standards for living, character development. Okay. Um, you know, character can, you know, your gift will take you to the top. Your character will keep you on top. Mm -hmm. um, and so just being able just to help people develop character, but also uh, just grow in various areas of their lives mm -hmm. is the principles that I just use. And, and thankfully, I'm able to, you know, use those principles based on yeah. you know, God's word, which has, you know, become a, a great prescription, but also medicine yeah. for the maladies of life. And so, yeah. And I have to ask you this question. What are your thoughts on people like Kevin Samuels, you know, where, you know, he's someone who is 
there's some of the things that he might say it might be on point, but his delivery is totally disrespectful. You know, like, what do you think of that? Not to tear anybody down, but as a man, what what are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, tonality, delivery is everything. Yeah. You know, um, it, it, the message is everything. And a lot of times people are sharing out of their hurt mm. rather than healing. You know, hurting people hurt people, heal people, heal people. Mm. And, uh, you know, uh, it, it was the great uh, rhetorician, uh, rapper extraordinaire, Tupac said, we got a name from our woman. We came from a woman. Yes. Uh, how we discredit our women, yes. so to speak, in, in, as I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, there's no need to be, you know, misogynistic right. in, in the approach. I think you can, you can really... Uh, told the line on relationships and sharing how men need to improve, how women need to improve mm-hmm. uh, without berating, belittling, and uh, beating down the confidence of of sisters. But then it also begs the question, mm-hmm. if that continues to go on and everybody is, you know, uh, in an uproar about it, right. what, as, as women, why keep showing up? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> That's always the question. Why? Why do you why keep, keep calling? showing up unless you're addicted to being afflicted? Yes. <laughs> Clearly. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, misery loves company, and I don't know about you, but I will be neither. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, a lot of times, sensationalism that has that excoriates people—they're attracted to. Yeah. Toxicity. Some for some people, you know, they're they red is their favorite color uh, because they they refuse to ignore red flags and they ingratiate it. They embrace it. Mm. Uh, so it's it's you know you you can't talk about the beast if you keep feeding it. Right. I know. It's a really interesting thing that's happening in our culture right now. Um, yeah. And I, I was just really curious because it just. You, you just wonder why do they keep <laughs> why do they keep calling yeah, right, why right, has right, this right. it's just it continues to grow and, and, and to get bigger and there's a like you said the way you say things is everything and so when we talk about a high value man by whose definition by man's definition right, you know right. what i mean and it's just kind of perpetuating mm-hmm. a low vibration of expectation and i just want to recognize and honor you for really holding that high vibration of a godly man uh, when i see and I think of a high value man, I think of a man like you, a man who's standing and walking in his purpose, who is leading in a way that would make a woman want to submit under your leadership because you're getting your direction from God and not the superficial things of this world. So I honor you for that. And I, I hope that you continue to let God use you and that he will multiply you. I know we cannot clone you, but I know that <laughs> the impact that you're having, your voice will be continue to be multiplied that more men can have that awakening and really come into the light as you are leading them that way so thank you for what you're doing for us oh i appreciate it thank you so much you know you you definitely are a queen and you wear your crown quintessentially unique and powerful everyone naturally and so you uh using your voice and your platform to speak truth to power and to just uh take our people up to the next level that's what it's um, about. and and we're we're in uh concert with your vibration with your beat 
Thank you. And uh, we we all are going to stay in rhythm with you. And so thank Amen. you so much for the opportunity. Definitely. Tell us how we can stay in contact with you for those people that want to purchase your book, which they absolutely must join your academy and get in on the good stuff on these Wednesday and Friday night lives <laughs> so that they could talk to you themselves and hear this juicy conversation. How do we stay connected to you, Dr. Eddie? Absolutely. I have to say, you know, the revolution not only be televised, it'll be digitized. So. <laughs> You go to my website, DrEddieAcademy.com, where we have our master classes, where we have our sessions, where we have our live uh, connections, and also our private uh, Facebook group, which is all in uh, concert with our academy. Uh, if you want to grow in, in the areas of love, leadership, leveraging your purpose, you need to join our academy, where we're just having breakthrough after breakthrough. Our last session uh, was, was particularly for ladies, how to speak Manglish. <laughs> uh, the Ten Commandments on how to talk to a man <laughs> and uh, uh, how to open up his mind and his mouth. Nice. Uh, so we have we have a, a number of uh, great sessions that we do on a weekly basis. Sweet. Um, follow me Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Eddie Connor Jr. E D D I E C O N N O R J R. And then of course the book Relationship Rules as Blessing People Locally and Globally. Yes. You get it as an ebook, audio book. A hard copy, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Audible, wherever books are sold. Yeah, yeah. I love it. And listen to it on audio because his voice is so chocolatey smooth. I mean, it's a little extra benefit. <laughs> but you didn't hear that from me. I'm just saying a little extra if you get it on audio. Girl, you'll love it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a high compliment coming from you. That's high. <laughs> You all about the vibe, so I'm telling you, I'm my voice is a vibe. <laughs> it, is. it is, it is. Thank you so much again. I will definitely stay connected, and thank you everyone for uh, watching and listening to the Urban Parlay podcast. I know you have enjoyed this session. I hope that you've got a notepad full of great wisdom for you to apply to your life. Don't just read it; it's about the application of it. So, God bless you. I look forward to being with you again next week. In the meantime, I wish you peace. And I wish you blessings. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the Urban Parlay podcast. If you have enjoyed this content, please go ahead and subscribe and then invite all your friends. Tell them to come hang out and vibe with your new tribe. If you would like to support with a donation, you can do so via Cash App at dollar sign Urban Parlay podcast and via PayPal at paypal.me forward slash urban parlay. Thanks. It's the Urban Parlay. Vibe with the tribe right here on the Urban Parlay.